I hope you're doing well from wherever you're joining in today. I'm Lucinda Dalmeida, your host, and you're listening to another episode of the Mentor Gap Podcast. We are chatting to Leanne Van. She's an illustrator and she's a designer, so I'm very excited to chat with her. In this week's episode, we discuss how imposter syndrome might be following you around. We discuss the dreaded topic of pricing and we discuss all things design. So if that's something that's up your avenue, stay tuned as we head into this episode. I'd like to ask you like how you ended up getting into design. Like what what was the driving force behind it? What ignited this passion? So I actually studied um, at the University of Pretoria, I studied uh, B Consumer Science Clothing Retail Management, mm-hmm. which is a really long name, but it's basically like a fashion and retail mixed with business degree. So I didn't actually study graphic design or illustration or anything like that, but I'd always been creative and I'd always enjoyed art. So I studied that and I went into um, the fashion space. So I started working for Mr. Price in Durban. And when I started working there, I realized that it wasn't quite creative enough for me because I was a trainee buyer and I wanted to try something a little bit different. So it was actually more through my career that I started taking more of a creative path because from Mr. Price, I then moved into designing consumer products for Mattel. Um, And Mattel is a really large toy company um, based in the US. They do brands like Barbie and Hot Wheels, to name a few. So that's how I started on that career path, because I started designing for an agency called Blue Horizon, which is based in Joburg. And from there, I carried on with that. And that's how my kind of design career, um, you know, that's the path it took. So it was maybe a little bit of a different route but that's how I eventually got that going and then as I worked more I also started to spend more time on my own illustrations and myself as an artist and here I am today. (laughs) So it's a full 360. Um, Yeah. For getting um, when you got your first job how did you go about getting your first like your very first um, design related job at Mr. Price? How did you manage that? Well, my first job at Mr. Price, uh, they actually came to tax to the university where I was and gave a little presentation and they said, we have a trainee program you can sign up for. So that I applied, you know, through the conventional route and they asked me to come for an interview in Durban and that's how I got um, started on that. Um, My second job, which was then going more into the design-based side of things, was um, I was looking for a job because I wanted to move back to Johannesburg. And I came across this job, which was to be a consumer products designer. Mm. And I had no idea what that really was. I was kind of just like, well, it sounds more creative. It has the word design in it, so (laughs) let me just try it. So (laughs) that was kind of just a leap of faith. And luckily, it worked out well. And, you know, I got to work for... Mattel, which is um, a really, you know, has really big yes. brands, which was really exciting to me having recently come out of varsity. So that's, that's how that happened. You basically got to fulfill like the dream job of 
you worked for the company that made Barbie. Every doll, every um, child started off with a Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was kind of like, wow, if my, you know, eight-year-old self could see me now, she'd be very excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a question that I have is like, you, you have your freelancing career now and you're mm. doing that. So, and you're working for Mattel. Um, how did you get over like imposter syndrome when you were transitioning from being a full-time employee you were doing at the time and then shifting to the freelance extension? Like how, how did you get over the imposter syndrome of like, am I enough to do this on my own independently? That's a really good question. And I think I still suffer from imposter syndrome sometimes. But what I have realized is no matter how many qualifications you have or your experience, you will always have that part of you that tries to self-sabotage and is like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, can you do this? So you have to just ignore that voice and do it anyway. So um, for me, I now work part-time for Mattel and then freelance for other clients as well. So it was kind of a leap into it. But having um, a part-time work helped me gain the confidence because I knew, okay, there's a little bit of a safety net. And I think regarding the imposter syndrome is I just kept going. Even if I made mistakes, like in the beginning, I wasn't sure how to invoice correctly. I was like, do I look professional? Is this how I do it? How do I come across? There were so many questions, but I had to just keep doing it and... The thing is you only need to learn something once and then you know it and then you've done it. So sometimes something like approaching a new client or invoicing for the first time or quoting is very mm. intimidating, but you only have to do it once and then you've done it and you it's not completely new. So it might be a longer learning curve, but if you just get over that first hurdle, then your confidence starts to build. Yeah. So how did you go about gathering the information and the skills you needed to get to that point? I did so much Googling and sifting through things and just going to find articles online and podcasts and other people who were doing what I wanted to do. I was, you know, low-key stalking them on social media, seeing how they did it. How did they speak? How did they present themselves? How did they show their work? Mm -hmm. So honestly, everything I learned was really just through being determined to find it out somehow so it really was just a lot of research and you know I didn't have one specific person that I could ask for all the answers so I had to kind of be creative in finding out how to do everything so I can honestly say that it was basically just gleaning information where I could and I think sometimes when we know exactly how to do something we think oh I'm not as good as someone else but I promise you everyone is googling Everyone's trying to find YouTube videos on how to do something they don't know how to do themselves. So that's honestly, I mean, I think studying a degree or having some kind of formal education can only take you so far if you're lucky enough to have that. And then the rest is just find it out as you go, you know, just pick up information where you can. Um, On that, on the topic of having a degree and not having a degree, have you mm. met any creatives in the field, in your field over time with your experience who didn't necessarily have professional training and also doing great things? Is it necessary to have professional training to be a creative? 
I think having some kind of design background or training definitely gives you an advantage because I think what might take someone else four years to figure out might take you one year to figure out because you already know some of the, the hacks of the industry. Um, that being said, you absolutely can do it without a qualification. It might just take you longer. You might have to scrap through more information. But I've also met a lot of creatives who studied something completely different to what they are doing now. Mm. So I think that's a big thing. Even whether you had an education in the design or creative industry, or if you, you know, study to be something completely differently, you can kind of create your own path. And I think that's exciting because I know when you have to think of what you would like to study or what you'd like to do with your life, it feels very daunting, like you're signing a contract for the rest of your life, but that's only the first step and it'll open your eyes to other things that are out there and you might completely change your path at some stage. Yes, I like what you said about it's sort of changing because these days you can sort of design and create your own your own um, sort of career field and that's not something we had in the past. So things are sort of changing and there's a shift taking place in the Absolutely. yeah in the creative field and actually in a lot of different areas of society today you see this shift taking place where people are doing they're starting their own businesses and they're taking these chances so yes absolutely you, and i think there's so many more resources available now mm -hmm. so for example i didn't learn how to use illustrate or anything uh, formally i just started doing Skillshare classes and online classes. So that is how you can really just decide to do something. And there are resources out there that you can kind of use. Yeah, that's true. I love Skillshare. <laughs> 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 like the, the amount of creativity on that platform is amazing. Like sometimes they teach you something at the university, but then you'd end up going to resources like YouTube and Skillshare to find the information because you don't get all of it from your institution. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just wanna, I, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I forgot. Um, mm. Pricing, pricing in yeah. design. How do you go about pricing a product? What are the factors you need to take into consideration when pricing your products? Yeah, that is a very complex question and it's one that you figure out step by step. But I did realize when I started out, no one talks about it. No one tells you, this is what you should charge. This is what it entails. Um, but basically what I had to figure out is if you are self-employed and you're a freelancer, you mustn't forget that you don't get leave days, you don't get pension, you don't get any kind of, you know, perks of the job that are given to you. You have to work them into your pricing. So you need to make sure that you can budget for yourself taking 20 days off a year, um, 20 working days or whatever it is for you. So you have to think about all those little costs and you know, obviously it's your living expenses and it's the fact that you'd wanna be contributing to a pension and savings for yourself. So, um, and it does depend um, a lot on where you are, what country, all of that, but you know, I work on a base fee and then from there I add um, extra 
money on top depending on what it's going to be used for so if it's a really small client and they just want a little branding package i charge them less than if it was a big company and they are going to make millions from this rebrand that you're doing and the same with illustrations you need to look at what is the platform is it a portrait for one person who's going to print it for a family member or a friend or is it an illustration that's going to go on a digital platform that's going to add a lot of value to the client so there's mm. so many factors so i can't give you one answer but you definitely <laughs> need to work on kind of your base fee your kind of flat fee your hourly rate and it, it depends a lot on the industry but um if i'm talking in pounds it's anywhere from 25 to 45 pounds an hour and i think often we value ourselves at way less and i actually read a study where it said many freelancers discount themselves before they even asked so they'll quote a client on a job and then they'll just make it a bit less because they feel bad but no one's even asked them for a discount and someone might not even have asked for the discount after getting the quote so i think work out your flat fee and back yourself and see if it works and you can adjust it from there but mm. you know rather go in slightly high than slightly low and then mm. feel really sad you know crying into your coffee cup at 3 a.m because all the work you're doing is actually you've gone overtime and yes. you know what i mean <laughs> yes exactly so how do you get to a point where you're confident enough to price your work at like a higher price because of its value how how do you get to the point where you can see the value in your work or is it just a personal thing I think you definitely have to consciously work on it. You have to back yourself. You have to treat yourself as a business, not as a one-man band, even though you are. So the same thing as if you asked, I'm just going to use an example of a plumber. If you asked a plumber for his rates, he would tell you his rates and he wouldn't be apologetic about it. Yes. But for some reason as a creative, you often, well, I've often found I'm almost apologetic, like, I'm sorry, I'm with this amount, if that's okay, if it's not okay, tell me, and then I can change it. You didn't need to say any of that. All you needed yes. to say is my rate X, and then full stop, leave it at that. And then as you work with more people, you'll see where you can flex it up, or if you're working with a client long term, your rate might be slightly lower because you're banking in more hours. So, you know, you really do need to work with it, but I would say, just end the sentence at my rate is X, i.e. don't <laughs> add any excuses or any fluff at the end. And then, yeah, just treat yourself as, a bit, pretend you're just the receptionist at your business and you're just relaying the information, you know? Because really I think sometimes when you know you're talking about yourself, you like, all weird about it but if you're like oh this is so and so their rate is this they can send you quotes thanks that's really good advice thank you for that um <laughs> so it's like it's, it's a shift in the mindset that has to take place yes so it's like you, absolutely you, yes and it's, it's it does have to do with seeing the value in yourself and seeing yourself, okay, so you said seeing yourself as a business and 
trying not to be flexible all the time because you need to understand that you need to pay yourself first exactly and you are your own boss so don't be one of those horrendous bosses who doesn't give their employee leave or sick break or allow them to go to the dentist or allow them to take a lunch break don't be that person to yourself (laughs) i think it's always different when you're working with your own work and it's for yourself mm. like it's it's a different story that's yeah exactly and i was i was reading something the other day and they said um creatives or freelancers will often um diminish themselves mm. so if someone says what do you do you'll say oh i'm just an illustrator or oh i'm yes. just an artist yes. why are you saying just just say what you are full stop <laughs> where do you think that stems from like where, where does that come from I don't know. I, you know, maybe it's the fact that you aren't a a major job like we you see in the movies where it's like become a doctor, lawyer, politician. Maybe it's because it's not one of those yes. um, you know, vocations that you kind of like. Oh, I'm just a creative. I just play around with some paint and you know for fun. Sometimes I make money, but that's not a thing. You need to take yourself seriously and people will pay you accordingly (laughs) so true so true um so where do you see yourself going in the future like where do you see yourself in like the next two to three years what what do you see yourself doing well i definitely want to carry on with you know illustrating and working with people that inspire me and I hopefully inspire them in turn so I think it is really just finding things that you want to do and then just trying to do them so looking for brands or companies or individuals that you want to work with and then approaching them and you know seeing what you can do because sometimes the craziest things can happen just because you ask so I think that's my focus is really just growing yeah is really just growing myself as an illustrator making more connections and just trying to make my work available to a bigger audience and you know hopefully make a bigger impact i'm the cinder dalmeida and you've been listening to the mental gap podcast special thanks to our guests for this episode and to everyone listening If you enjoyed the content, you can join us at The Mental Gap on Instagram. Here you can share your comments and questions. We'd be happy to hear from you. Other than that, take care. Till next time, I'll catch you on the other side of a conversation worth having.